It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, June 8th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is looking to the implosion in Boston, maybe for some help with the Flyers today. Yeah, interesting times. We've got that plus your mailbag questions on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with the incredible Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow Locked On Flyers on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. That's where you can keep up to date on all our episodes, give us mailbag questions, hear about Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. On today's show, we are going to talk about the surprise news that the Bruins fired Bruce Cassidy and what that can mean for the Flyers coaching search. And we are going to get to your mailbag questions. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. Hit that subscribe button. You will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Plus, we are over on YouTube. So subscribe over there as well. Love to hear from you there. Russ, I got to say, I was shocked when the Bruins announced that they fired coach Bruce Cassidy. What do you think is going on up there? I wasn't completely shocked because I heard like little murmurs and saw reports uh, a few days ago where Cassidy was not a fully not a full lock, but, you know, most likely would come back this year. But then when we started hearing about Bergeron and then Bergeron being like, well, I don't know if I want to come back. And then like yesterday I heard right before the firing with Bergeron, it's like people, you know, once he was like, kind of like, Hey, you know, I do want to come back, but then it figured out that it was the coach and to make it worse. Now he wants, you know, his buddy, David Krejci signed who wasn't there last year. And this is like Don Sweeney is letting the players run this now, which is sort of like the NBA. And I think it's dangerous. It could be for them. I I mean, it feels like, the walls are crumbling in Boston a little bit. Now, some of it is not their fault per se. They've had some injury woes. We know that Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand are out for a significant portion at the beginning of next yeah, season. Yeah, too, yeah. Yeah, so that's huge. Uh, but I don't think this team is unsalvageable. And, and so with Cassidy not there that creates another opening for the flyers to compete with in all of this. And it also adds another candidate to the pile, assuming that he wants to coach next year. I would think he would, but um, I don't know him personally, obviously. So uh, as far as adding to the competition, is there any of the lead candidates for the flyers that you think would see Boston as more attractive? I mean, trots could, Torts could. I think those two um, could for sure. See, this is the thing now. This is sort of putting the Flyers on like a treadmill because you've got more to choose from, and now you may lose who you think you could get. I know everybody's working really slow here, all teams, but 
if they're waiting for someone on Tampa, it could be too late by the time all of that rolls around with all this other stuff going on too. Like there's just when this when this merry-go-round stops, uh, boy, if it stops on Mike Volucci, then I then I know they they pretty much lost out in this coaching search. Yeah, it's definitely a high wire act that they have to perform here because you're right. There are all these candidates out there and a few of them that we've talked about, uh, Torts especially, you know, you, we would think that he would want to be the number one choice wherever he goes. And if it's clear that he's not, then maybe he's not interested in the job. And, and Boston is tempting in a lot of ways because I know that, you know, they do have some of these problems here with who are they going to be able to sign and, you know, the players seemingly running the show. And but there's the a lot of, yeah, for months. yeah, but there's a lot of talent there and Hers. there's also a chance to mold a team and kind of rebrand it in a lot of ways. And that's appealing to mm-hmm. a lot of coaches. And so that's like where my concern is that, that the Bruins are definitely a shiny object for these top coaches and you know with the original six prestige and all of that that goes along with it for that team that it could pose a problem for the flyers in terms of having the allotted time they need to do the due diligence and the kind of search they want to do versus having to make a decision maybe before they want to right i i think i i think this hurts them more than it helps them unless cassidy's their guy which right. you know, I can't say summarily he is. I mean, he could be, but I don't know for sure he is. Um, he's handled a lot of adversity, uh, mm-hmm. and he's done a much better job than I thought he was going to do because I was basing that on his Washington time, which wasn't great. But then right from the get-go, he was good with Boston. But still, all in all, um, this is making it a tougher. Do you think some of the instability there affects what kind of potential trades the Flyers could make with the Bruins? Yeah, I do. Um, Because again, I'm looking at all these things and things that we'll talk about later in the show. And it's like, how many more moves can I do without actually having a coach rubber stamping this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's rumors about David Pasternak on the trading block. I don't necessarily think think that's that's happening. happening, but with, Bergeron potentially not returning and there's just so many moving pieces and, and parts there and we've talked about you know taking advantage of the Bruins more at the AHL level yes. and kind of swiping a bunch of the Providence Bruins for the Phantoms that could help them but maybe there's a chance that you know some of the actual Bruins could be available as well or maybe a way to relieve some cap space yeah you would ideally you would want to make this hire before you have to make that decision on Morgan Frost too. So the new mm-hmm. coach can be in on all of this. Yeah. I, I think all of that is so important and it is, it is a wild ride <laughs> this off season so far, uh, especially with the coaching carousel and, and what is going on there. So again, another wrench in the mix. We'll see how that affects things over the next few days. And if the flyers hire somebody right now, or they're still waiting. Um, One of the other hires that happened yesterday, which is super cool is the Montreal Canadians hired Marie Philippe Poulin, 
who is, of course, the best women's hockey player in the world. But she's also a coach and a mentor. Um, but maybe not ever. People time. are saying ever, and I, I kind of bristle at that. I want to I want to relook at the field before I well, start just saying that. I think she is. <laughs> but uh, I do think she's a tremendous hockey mind as yeah. well. And I can say I personally have skated in a clinic that she coached. That's awesome. And she is extremely diligent, has a lot of attention to detail, knows how to teach, and is very inspirational when she's speaking. And so that's good for player development. Yeah, it's huge. So she's doing player development part time with the Habs. And the reason why I bring it up on this show is once again, I think it speaks to some of the lack of creativity that the Flyers have. And I have been on a soapbox. I will say it as many times as I need to, that I want the Flyers to be interviewing and talking to some of these top women's players who are also coaches on the side to help with player development. I mean, I will mention Julie Chu's name until I can't talk anymore because I think she is a phenomenal hockey mind. She was also a mentor and a coach at the clinic that I went to up in Montreal. I just know she was a good interview. And I've interviewed yeah. her many times and have found her very engaging, very smart. She's super smart. She knows hockey so well. I think she just has uh, a perfect mind for this as well as she has the coaching experience to boot. So I think she would be great for player development. Flyers, please, please, please. I'm going to keep begging you until the end of time. Talk to her. Get her to at least consider working for you. I did want to mention one other thing, too, along with the Montreal. Um, I was on the call for um, Chris Weidman yesterday, who they re-signed. He's a defenseman to a two-year contract, 762000 for both years. And I want to say he had 23 points um, mm-hmm. for the Canadians. Yeah, that's a good he's, deal. He's a pretty good depth player for them. I mean, again, who would you rather have, Nick Sealer or this? Mm-hmm. And this is yeah. why I say you don't jump at things because – Again, Weidman didn't really – what I got from the call was he wasn't expecting a two-year deal. Well, you gave a two-year deal to Nick Sealer. Now, again, if you want to say, well, he's a defensive defenseman, okay, fine. But this guy's a better player. He's just a better player, and he came for the same money. Yeah. So that's all. Just one of those things. Just want to point that out. Well – Again, uh, just another thing to put on the list of of things to pay attention to when we see how Chuck Fletcher handles this offseason and the choices that he makes. Uh, We're going to get to some of your questions coming up next. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now almost impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? They're going to have to choose the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer from expert mechanics to beginner do-it-yourselfers. They have everything you could need from brake brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whatever you need for your car, you'll be able to find it and get your car in shape. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. 
We have an important favor to ask you, the listener. Locked On has put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your chance to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. And if you complete a survey, you can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take that survey, once again, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. And uh, thanks for your help. All right, Russ, we've got some good questions coming up. The first one is draft related. It seems like Cutter Gauthier is moving up in the rankings. Any shot the Flyers pick him at five? And would you pick him over Yurichek or Savoy? I mean, I think they'll talk about him uh, if they think he could play center. I'm not sure he could play center in the NHL. I know he's worked at it very hard. But, you know, again, uh, why are we talking about this? Is it because he's bigger and stronger? Uh, Seems like that. So comparing him to the other two, I don't think you can. Uh, that's not a shot on Cutter. I think Cutter's terrific, but I think he's just sort of in that next tier. And no, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I think the only chance that they would pick him over one of those two is if they had originally had Savoy in that slot. And again, they're just going for size. Um, mm-hmm. That if they on their draft board had year attack lower than that, but I honestly don't think they do. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think obviously, do I don't know, but uh, yeah. I do think Yurichek of those three is the most likely choice for the Flyers. But um, again, uh, anything can happen. And Cutter Gautier's name is being thrown around a lot right mm-hmm. now. So could just be a recency bias thing. Could be. On the current Flyers roster, who has the most value that you'd be willing to trade to get a scoring winger? So scoring winger, who am I trading that has the most value? Well, I mean, technically, Travis Konecki is supposed to be a scoring winger, so I'm not going to necessarily trade a scoring winger for a scoring winger. Um, you know, based on the rules of this question, it's probably Travis Sanheim, but I'm only doing that if I can't re-sign him, period. And if I find out that what he's asking for is out of our ballpark, then that would be the answer. Yeah, I think, you know, we did talk about it on yesterday's show in terms of who are people we wouldn't be willing to trade or who are untouchable versus who'd be we'd be willing to consider. And obviously, at this point, everybody's on the table, but we have certain guys that we wanted to more likely keep on the roster for next year. Travis Sanheim is definitely one of those guys for me. I think that's where maybe I bite the bullet in terms of my personal taste and sacrifice a Scott Lawton for that. And plus maybe a prospect or, or something mm-hmm. else like throws a mula in for that deal uh, to get a guy who could add to the scoring on the team. I think that Lawton is, is great. I, I like him. I, I just, he's not exactly there where you're talking about a dynamic score. Sure. And, and I think that's important for the flyers. So I understand, you know, you got to give to, to get in this situation. Yeah. So that's kind of where I would look is maybe try and throw two players in. That's like a Scott Lawton and a top prospect. I think that would get you at least somewhere in the bargaining. It would. All right. We know that the flyers are in cap trouble. So this is a good question. 
how much room in the cap do the Flyers need to make in order to have a shot at the most impactful offseason they can manage? Well, they'd have to lose all of JVR's salary, which means giving up another draft pick of some sort, uh, which I'm completely against at this point, but that's what that's part of it. Uh, and then the other part of it is still uh, moving either a Konechny or somebody like that. So then all of a sudden you have an extra 10 or 11 million above and beyond what you still have to sign your UFA RFAs with. I think that's really where the Flyers are stuck, right? Because there's there's yep. really nobody else to get rid of that has enough value right. that's, that's going to create that space for you. And to get somebody to take on JVR's salary is going to be really tough. And just because just... it's being talked about, like on a different show, I will say never would I ever, I know that that's a game of some sort, never would I ever trade the 2024 first round pick to somebody to take JVR's contract for one year. No. Oh, that's insanity. That is absolute insanity. I mean, it, it's a possibility because it's an option on the table, but that's an utter failure, I think, yeah. on Chuck Fletcher's part if he does anything like that. All right, next question. Who are other NHL teams that have cap issues that the Flyers could potentially take advantage of, or are there none? Or conversely, who has the space that we could potentially work with? Well, I mean, most teams have cap trouble. The teams that have space are the oddballs, like the Ottawas and the Seattles and mm -hmm. um, Columbus's. You know, right. they have space. Even the Rangers have more space than most contending teams. So Arizona, too. I mean, you know, the teams that you're going to be contending, if you're if you're talking about a dump or trade what you don't want anymore situation, you know, you're talking about Seattle, Ottawa, Arizona. That's about it. Yeah, I'm intrigued by Detroit as well. I mean, I think all of those are correct. But I and I know Steve Eiserman is a wizard, but sometimes like you have to go to the castle anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. But he's been very reluctant to do much with that. I know, but I just think it's worth it because it's a different approach. And we already got hosed by Arizona to take Shane Goss despair. It's like going to that well again just seems so futile. Well, I here's the at thing. At this point to me. Going to Iserman is kind of like when you walk up to that guy in the street and you play three card Monty, you right. almost know you're going to lose. And you're kind of like hoping you're not going to lose more than what you thought. And that's the problem with Iserman is if you start getting into mm -hmm. the real, these real trade talks, he, he is, he, a lot of teams have lost to him in trade. So just keep that in mind. Oh, I know. I would expect to lose a deal, but to get something accomplished might be worth it. If that's yeah. a team you can go to, I don't know. I, I just think you have to, again, get creative here because there aren't a lot of options. I mean, again, you might be going to them to do this and in essence, making them much better than you. And because the, you know, it's possible Detroit could make the playoffs this year. They have a chance. They do. I think, I think they will be much, much closer. Next question. Would you advocate for or pay more for ESPN plus or whatever streaming service you get the NHL on to eliminate blackouts? No, because I already feel like uh, I'm paying enough. So I wouldn't do it. For me, it's a really tough question because I think that I, I don't want to pay more money. I mean, 100%. I think 
between all, everything that you have to pay for, you know, it adds up to a lot to be able to get all the games. But if you are centralizing it by eliminating blackouts, so you can get all the games in one place, as opposed to having to subscribe to a whole bunch of different stuff to get all the games, I think you could make the cost lower. There's a way to do it. Like, I'm just... Oh, they're not lowering the cost, Rachel. You No, it's not happening. Not in one particular place. But if you have three different sources that you're paying to get all of the games, right? Uh In different amounts that negotiate or set their prices separately. But ESPN Plus on its own says... I'm just making these numbers up. It's it's $150 for the full NHL season, but to do it blackout free, it's $225. Do you do? I say yes, because that saves me a year's worth of cable subscription. Okay, but I'm going to give you the other side of it now. So that deal gets made. You make that deal. And then like in half season, the lawyers get together and they come out of, of, with a way to say, well, uh, Guess what? You are not going to be able to see this game. It's not a blackout, but it's and whatever jargon. That's nitpicky, never... though, Russ. That's uh, okay, but like, this is not what in the spirit of the question. Oh, in the I spirit. I'm sorry. Yes, cable and customers has always been in good spirit, hasn't it? The answer is no. I stand by my answer to this question because, as a person who has to subscribe to a whole bunch of stuff and deals with a metric ton of blackouts, living in New York, blacked out for three teams, it is a pain. And I would love to be able to centralize it, pay a little bit more to that one, but eliminate two other subscriptions, hands down, easy. Yeah, I know. But you know what? The problem is blackouts occur not just from one network anymore. Now it's TBS, TNT, ESPN. Now you have to worry about three different networks and, and that's why they can't eliminate it a hundred percent because again, you've got three, not just one. See, once the NHL gave up their package, you know, their actual, you know, game package, whatever that was called game game center, game center. Thank you. Once they gave that up, that was your only chance. Now it's all separate. It's all a la carte. Forget it. You're, you're looking for a combo meal that you're not going to get. We are going to agree to disagree on the blackout situation, but we'll get to more of your questions coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, basketball championship finals, Major League Baseball scores, and of course, all the f- latest fighting news from M- MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, getting back to our mailbag, there's a good free agent question. Is John Klingberg a free agent the Flyers should target, or do you think he resigns with Dallas? Well, I don't think he's resigning with Dallas, uh, and I don't think they could really target him because, you know, he's going to end up getting eight, eight and a half a year, something like that. And I think they've already got too much tied up in their blue line. Now, if you're going to trade Sanheim because you know you can't sign him, then you might be able to do it, but you better be sure. I think that's one of two scenarios. I think the other scenario, aside from thinking you can't sign Travis Sanheim or extend Travis Sanheim, is if Ryan Ellis is a definite no-go. 
and he's just going to be on LTIR and you know you're going to put that salary away. I think you figure out a way to at least give him an offer. You may not win, but I think he's a good option to target if you have nothing, right? Well, okay, that's fair. I agree with that. Um, but I guess the, the, the crux of this game is, is Klingberg going to wait around until Ellis says, I can't do it? Well, I think the timing works out, right? Because I think we'll know leading up to that free agency period if Ellis is going to be able to return in an effective manner. It seems like from what they were saying, they'll have at least a closer answer by then and then can make a decision for free agency period. At that, My point. guess is it's still going to be ambiguous in nature when July rolls around. Well, we'll see what happens on there. That's where I think a scenario makes yes. sense for them to yeah. go off Klingberg. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Next question. Of all the ex-Flyers out there, who is having the most successful post-Flyers career? Well, I mean, you know, how deep do we want to go on this? Right now, I mean, Justin it's Pat Braun Maroon, right? Yeah, I mean, it's Pat Maroon if we're counting just cups and hardware. But, um, you know, Braun's doing well. Aubrey Kubel's doing well. It's hard to find one that's not doing well. Let's <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> well, I don't know. Rako Gudas is always a question mark to me. He's but, but he's got a pretty big role where he is too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But Giroud yeah. did well. Like eh, this is a tough game. It's it's going to be harder to find the one that's not doing well. We'll talk about another one of them uh, in a little bit. But another question we have before that one. Who do you think has the best chance of beating Colorado in the Stanley Cup final, the Rangers or the Bolts? Yeah, I think it's the Rangers because of the speed factor. Tampa is definitely a little slower, and the Rangers have exploited that a little bit. So I think even though Vasilevsky, you know, you would say, wow, he's much better than Darcy Kemper. Yeah, but uh, with all the speed that Colorado has and the way they roll those four lines, that would be a, a, a tough matchup for, for Tampa because I think Colorado is now the favorite. I'm intrigued by the possibility of Colorado versus the Rangers, just because both teams sort of lack that Stanley Cup final experience. Right. And so which team is going to be able to step up and make it happen? My gut says Colorado, but you never know. Again, with the yeah. speed that you're talking about with the Rangers, with Igor, I think anything could happen in mm -hmm. that scenario. But I do think you can kind of put the has the like credentials you can put that aside in a series like this, which is super fun, in my opinion. All right, last question. With Michael Roffel being lowballed by Dallas and threatening to play overseas, should the Flyers make an offer to him? I mean, it's funny. Roffel, when he was here, said he loved it in Dallas and everything else, but now he knows it's his last contract and he wants to get paid. I mean, if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I'll call him. And if he's willing to take a one-year deal for, you know, maybe like $3 million, I have to consider it because he is a good guy to have around who could play in a lot of different positions, maybe even helps Lindblom, maybe even helps Lawton. So I have to think about it. But in the end, if he's looking for bigger money than that and more term, then you're not going to be able to do it either. No, I don't think so. I, I do think that while he is that guy, I love Michael Roffel. And I think that he's the Swiss Army knife. Um, despite the fact that he is Austrian, I call him the yep. Swiss army knife yep. uh, of the flyers during his tenure here, where he could just show up and do whatever was asked of him and he'd make it work and excel at it. I, I really yeah. thought he did, but I also think he's had some real 
injury problems. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that he would be reliable as somebody that would be present for a full season. And you have to consider that when you're making an offer. And that's probably why he got lowballed, right? Because it's not guaranteed that he would be there for even, you know, half to two thirds of the season, which is what you would kind of want to bank on is like, is he going to play two thirds of the games this season to make a contract worth it? I don't know the answer to that question with him right now. Same. All right. That will do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening and for all of your questions out there. You can continue to send those in. We're going to be back again tomorrow. We're going to talk women's pro hockey with Dan Rice from the Ice Garden. Uh, He's super knowledgeable about the latest with the pro leagues right now. So excited to have that conversation. We're going to get into a prospect profile of Connor Kurth. So it'll be a really good show. Uh, As a reminder, like I said, we always want to hear from you. Send in your questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. You can hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.